to So What Do You Think, a podcast where we discuss weird and unsolved mysteries and events and give you our completely unprofessional opinion on them. I'm Jane, with me is B. Hello. Tonight we're going to be talking about uh, a suspicious death, the suspicious death of someone called Sarah Woodmer, and it's also known as the bathtub murder. Now, I'd personally never heard of this case until uh, a very small snippet of the story crossed my feed recently. And I guess bathtub murder piqued my interest. And I was like, okay, that sounds different. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had a look into it. So we do have a strange death of a wife with a husband being the only person in the house at the time, which I think, you know, seems pretty cut and dry as far as what we know about these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But we also know that things sometimes aren't what they seem. So I thought let's, let's chat about this one and see what we come up with. So let's get into it. So we're in Cincinnati, Ohio, in a town called Morrow. And all I know about Ohio is that it's up the top and it's cold. That's like the extent of my knowledge about Ohio. I don't know. Do you know any more than that? No. 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 Not that I can think of. Um, Ohio. No. (laughs) Uh, We're so well-traveled and learned. (laughs) Oh, I'd love... Come on. As if people in Ohio would know anything about Perth WA. This is very, very true. There's not much to know, people. Sorry. (laughs) uh, Say that. No, I'll tell you. No, one interesting thing about Perth, it is the most remote capital city in the world, which is interesting. There you go. Yeah. So there's lots of things here, probably more than Ohio. That's true. That's true. Although a lot of our things aren't in Perth per se, they're in Western Australia. They're like up north you know, or down south. Get a bit of culture in you and travel a bit, telling us that we're not cultured. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, yes, Ohio. So we have Sarah, age 24, and Ryan, age 27, uh, a married couple, and um, something happens one night. And this is his account of what happened. Because remember, he was the only one who was in the house with her that night. So we've got to sort of look at his account of things first. So it's August 11th, 2008, and it seems to be a normal night for the couple. They make dinner, they watch some telly, uh, they don't have kids or anything, so they're kind of their evenings are their own. How nice. Ryan wants to watch a football match uh, after a bit, and Sarah's like, nah, nah, I'm not down with the football, so you know what, I'm going to go have a bath instead. You do your football thing, I'll do my bath thing. Ryan says that she was like, make sure the house is locked up before you go to bed. Love you. Good night. Off she goes. According to Ryan, when she walked off, he kind of had a bit of a laugh at her because apparently she's one of those people who walked on her tippy toes. Have you seen these people that walk on their toes? Yes. Apparently in young males, it can be a sign of muscular dystrophy, but apparently a lot of people do it. Well, not a lot, but some people do it in adulthood as well. So. Um, So, yeah, she goes up on her tippy toes and walks off upstairs. Fast forward to 10.49 p.m. and Ryan has finished his footy. He's gone upstairs and he's noticed that she isn't in bed yet. So that's weird because she's been in the bath for a while, that means. So he thinks better go check on her. He looks into the bathroom and quickly realises that she's not okay. She's laying unconscious face down in the bathtub. He grabs her phone, calls 911, tells the operator, my wife fell asleep in the bathtub and I think she's dead. So what are your first thoughts about all of this? 
How is she upside down? Yeah, you think if she fell asleep, she would not be face down. Yeah. How uh, deep is this bath for her to fall asleep and then flip over? Yeah, if it's a standard size bath, no, I don't think that that's possible. No. But if it's like a big jacuzzi bath, like I've got a big jacuzzi bath and I suppose you, like if you kind of sort of fell asleep and went under the water and then kind of your body kind of rolled maybe, but, yeah, I don't know yeah. exactly how big this bath was. He assumes, though, that she's fallen asleep in the bath. So I guess, like, if I mean, if you think about it, if you go, you see your other half in the bath, unconscious I suppose that might be where your brain goes to right that they fell asleep yeah falling asleep in the bathtub has always been a bit of a weird thing to me though I mean yeah I've gotten snoozy in a bath before 100% nice and warm and you know you do start to nod off every now and then but I feel like your face hitting that water like reverses that moment for you have you ever done that like kind of nodded off a little bit and gone oh I'm in the water uh I'm one of those ones where like where like if I've you know, when you do like the head nod, I wake myself up. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a bit like that too, actually. I suppose yeah. in a bath, like you might not do the head nod. You might no, do slide. That sort of like makes me think if I hit something, then I'd, or if something touched me, I'd think I'd react. Yeah, I think so. I guess like if you've been drinking or taken something, it becomes a bit more risky, but you know, if I'm drinking, that's a completely different story. Yeah, I don't know whether I've ever had a bath drunk before. It feels like uh, I, when I get drunk, I feel, well, when I've been drinking, I get really hot. I feel hot mm-hmm. and I don't think I'd want to go to a hot bath if I, would, I had been drinking. Um, so, yeah, they, you know, this this narrative has been delivered via 911 phone call. Um, so they look into it, you know, could she have fallen asleep in the bath? Now, there were no drugs or booze bottles laying around or anything, and, you know, they checked to see if there were, like, signs of a break-in of some sort. Maybe someone's, like, some randos come through the window, drowned a woman in the bath and jumped back out again. No signs of anything like that, though. So it's not looking good for Ryan at this point, him being the only other person in the house with her. And the cops are, like, zeroing in on him, which to me is fair, um, but also I'd want to sort of see what the result of the autopsy would say before I kind of... Pointed the finger too hard. You know, sometimes people just sort of die for some sort of unknown underlying reason. We can't, you know, we've got to rule that stuff out before we go pointing. Oh, yeah, SADS is the thing that happens. Yeah, for sure. People just sort of die for no apparent reason. Yes. Mm -hmm. And people have pointed out that this weird tippy-toe walking thing may have potentially been. I just forgot that I left the back door open so the cats could come in. Oh. <laughs> Did you think that you were about to be murdered? My white ghost cat. <laughs> it just appeared out the side of my eye, just this pure white fucking ghost cat. Oh, oh awesome. my God, Bobby. Let me guess, you're home alone. <laughs> yes, and he scared the bejeebus out of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, people have pointed to this weird tippy-toe walking as potentially being a sign of a neurological disorder or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe she had some sort of underlying condition maybe. Yeah. Also, Ryan said that he instantly assumed that she fell asleep in the bath because that's the sort of thing that she would do all the time. Like he had to sort of call her out on it a few times. So, I mean, that to me is either narrative building or signs of an illness of some sort. Like 
can't really decide which way I'm going yet. In the autopsy, no underlying ailments were found, though, and it was determined that her cause of death was drowning. So knowing that, knowing that there were no underlying issues that they found in the autopsy, what are your thoughts now? The whole idea behind SADS is that there is nothing ever found and this person just died. So just because something wasn't found in the autopsy doesn't necessarily mean then it falls onto foul play. This is true. Yeah, maybe it was just literally just a sudden death. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like things like neurological issues, I'm not sure how far into it like autopsies go. I know that they do tend to remove the brain and weigh it and look at it and see if there's anything hugely wrong with it. But like as far as neurological issues, like you're seeing a dead brain, you're not seeing a working brain. So So how can you actually pinpoint something neurological necessarily? Exactly. Yeah. So was there just something that an autopsy wouldn't have picked up? So yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm feeling as though probably if I had to tend towards one way or another, because really what we're saying is Ryan did it or he didn't. Um, I'd probably say that just given like statistics and things that we know about these sorts of things, I'd probably look at him a little bit closer. Um, but I'm not not ready to point the finger yet. So let's have a look at the scene. So once he found her in the bath he pulled the plug and then he pulled her out and dragged her into the bedroom. Now I'm trying to think like, you know, you cannot say how you're going to react in this sort of situation. So many people have been like, why did he pull the plug first? You know, why didn't he just get her out first? Why did he do this? Why didn't he just lay her on the floor in the bathroom? Why do you have to take her into the bedroom? I just don't think we can make any sort of judgment calls about what order of things that he did. Yeah. and He did at that point. Cause I mean, Pulling the plug, that might have just been his brain sort of firing off and going, get the water out of the tub, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that probably getting someone out, like pulling them out of the tub would be easier with water in the tub because they're like higher up to the to the top. But maybe he just thought, I just need to get the water out of there so she can breathe. But then when he saw that the water actually took a while to, to actually get out of the tub, then he's like, shit, i got to get her out. So. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. I, that doesn't really say a whole lot to me. When the EMTs arrived six minutes later, they found her body to be dry and warm, but her hair was wet and her fingers were not pruned at all. So I guess here we have our first sort of speculation point. Now, some people say, why was she dry? She's just been dragged out of a bathtub. Why wasn't she pruny? All valid questions, I think. As far as being dry goes, I think that if you get out of a bathtub and it's warm, you tend to dry quite quickly, although she didn't have body heat. You know, she was dead, so there is that as well. So I suppose the suggestion here is that maybe she had been out of the tub a bit longer. Yeah. Now, as far as the pruny fingers go, I actually Googled um, and and I Googled, like, do you go pruny when you're dead? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Does your skin still go pruny? And the answer is actually no. So it's if the nervous system on your skin is severed, pruning doesn't occur. And I'm assuming being dead counts as not having a nervous system in your skin. So for this next bit of information, I think I wanted to know a little bit more about skin pruning. What do you know about skin pruning? Because, like, I'd always assumed that it was, like, some sort of, like, osmosis situation where water was moving in and out of your body and dehydrating your fingertips. Do you know anything more about it? 
I just thought it was because you'd been in the water for so long that the water had absorbed into your fingertips. Yeah, well, I thought it was created like a... Because I feel like it takes water out of your fingertips and makes them, like, ridged and stuff. No, because I always feel like my fingers look and feel puffier and swollen. Yeah. Well, I was always, like, under the impression that, as I said, And then, like, like, you look at bodies in the water, they get bloated and swollen. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I looked into this. Okay. So this is actually um, uh, a bit of information I'd like to thank our very own Dr. Carl about, if anyone in Australia knows who Dr. Carl is. It's recently been discovered that the reason for pruning fingers and toes is to react to what the body perceives as being a slippery environment. So your body goes, oh, I'm in the water. I better create little ridges and bumps like tire treads so that we're safer and we don't slip over. So it's actually nothing to do with water going in and out and making you swollen. It's actually your brain going, okay, we need to implement the tread so that we don't slip. I mean, isn't that wild? Like, it's crazy, right? Some people don't prune. Don't they? Maybe then their skin nervous system is like affected or something. I feel like I've heard that some people don't prune. Okay. But how's that for like this, this is new new knowledge. We've only just sort of come to realize this about the whole pruning situation. So that's a weird sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole pruning situation. <laughs> yeah, that, that old situation over there. Yeah. That whole bitch. Yeah, the whole sitch. Um, this is very strange. Yes, it is very strange. Very interesting. Hmm. Sorry. Oh, was that Bowie? Yeah, that's a deaf cat meow. Oh, there's another. (laughs) Now Indy's going. Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, it's uh, we got a cat chorus. They wanted to feature on the podcast. (laughs) Hey guys, be quiet. Well, Indy, be quiet. Bowie can't hear me. (laughs) You need to like do sign language with him or something. I just like wave at him and yell at him. I don't think he <laughs> understands though. Who's this crazy lady? Plus he's a cat as if like he's going to listen anyway. Anyway, getting back to pruny, the pruning mm-hmm. situation. I'm going to say that Sarah's lack of pruning is probably due to the fact that she's dead. Like okay. I think that, you know, we can't really say that it's anything to do with being in water for a certain amount of time or anything because obviously her nervous system is not going to work if she's dead. Yeah. Then, so then we've got the, uh, the situation with her being dry. Like I said, I feel like like if you go and have a shower and then go like lay a towel down and lay on your bed, I reckon in about six minutes you'll be reasonably dry because your skin's warm, you know, your the shower water was warm, it, it's evaporated quicker. I feel like my hair would still be wet, but potentially my skin might be a lot drier. So I'm going to say that this is probably consistent with her dying in the bath and, you know, everything that he's set up until then. So the next thing found in the autopsy is perhaps a little bit more open to interpretation. She had injuries, both Mm -hmm. internal and external. Mm -hmm. She had faint bruising on the right side of her forehead, the left side of her neck, the back of her neck, Mm -hmm. an abrasion on her left armpit, particular hemorrhaging to one of her inner eyelids, so that's when you get broken blood vessels, and bruising and lacerations to her upper lip. So... That's a lot, right? For someone who's just gone to sleep in a bath, this is a lot going on. Yes. All of a sudden we've gone into dodgy land, I think. Internally, she had a severe deep muscle hemorrhaging to the front of her neck and bruises to her scalp. 
So I don't know. I, let's break down all of these little injuries. Now, the armpit abrasion I can see from getting her out of the bath. Like if you think about how you're going to get someone out of a bath, you probably get them up underneath the armpits, I reckon. Um, imagine that you have to get a grown slippery adult out of the bathtub. There's probably going to be a certain amount of flopping around and probably you would grab them under the armpits. And I don't know about you, but if I'm trying to grab something and I kind of lose purchase on it, I dig my nails in and my fingertips in to try and get it out more. So contusions and deep bruising under her armpits, I feel like that's probably warranted with his story. Now, I wanted to know can you bruise after you die? Because that's the next thing too. People are like, well, she's got bruises. So she had to have been alive when that happened, right? So again, we went to Google <laughs> and we had a look. So can you bruise after death? The answer is, well, it's complicated, right? We know that there was some pretty full-on CPR performed on her. And also they tried and failed five times to place an endotracheal tube before successfully getting one in on the sixth time. Also, they couldn't get IV access, so they tried for her, like, neck, her jugular or something, like a neck vessel of some sort. So, you know, they're poking and prodding her with lots of needles and things. These are things that are going to cause tissue damage, and whether or not your heart's pumping, you know, your tissues still have blood in them. She also had a liver laceration, though, which to me, that's, like, next level. Like, what do you have to do to someone during CPR to lacerate their liver? I feel like that's maybe not a thing, right? Last, yeah, last. Mm. So, like, I know of a dog that had its kidney lacerated from the outside. From what though? It was like, but that's what I mean. It was from a. It was a toy poodle grabbed by a Great Dane. Right. So it was like, yeah, yeah. But and and then I, the whole thing was, it was like the dog came in and it had no puncture like it didn't even have puncture wounds yeah it was, the it was just the force from being in this big dog's mouth and being shaken and then it later died because although it physically appeared okay it was walking around and everything mm. and then it just suddenly crashed like later that night and was taken to emergency only to find that it literally had its kidney it didn't have a laceration it had actually just been torn completely in half wow yeah wow surprising it didn't die quicker yeah yeah there's um, a lot of blood in them kidneys yeah yeah so oh. that would take some force some force yeah that's right and she's a yeah. an adult you know she's a an adult person so she's not like she's a child or a baby or something so I don't know I think that at this point I'm starting to think like it looks as though she's kind of taken a beating right I mean on the surface it really does look like someone beat the living crapper out of her but was this just sort of overzealous post-mortem injuries maybe? I mean, I'd want to have a word with the EMTs if they're doing CPR so intensely that they lacerate her liver. Yeah. So let's have a look at what the official findings were. Well, the first autopsy was performed by the Warren County coroner, Dr. Russell Updegrove. He determined that Sarah's injuries were sustained before death and therefore he ruled it a homicide. Now, this led to Ryan being arrested and charged with aggravated murder, of course, the hypothesis being that he beat her and held her down forcibly under the water. The fact that her body was dry except for her hair, in fact, the bathroom floor Excuse was me. dry. Sorry, well. sorry, sorry. Bowie! Oh, gosh. What's he doing? He's in. Oh. 
he was he just hopped into my box that <laughs> has puzzle pieces in it. Oh no. And started scratching like he was gonna go to the toilet. What an idiot. In my in my puzzle pieces. <laughs> and he wasn't facing me, so I was you like, You need to go and That's... escort him to the litter box, like <laughs> I don't think he was going to go. I think he was like, oh, I can just scratch this. But oh, you freaking idiot. <laughs> now he's just sitting there smugly. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So the hypothesis is, hypothesis was that he held her forcibly down under the water. Yeah. So thoughts on this? Thoughts on this idea that he maybe did this to her? Um. Why? Yes, what's the motive? Yeah. 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 Because we always need a motive. But then again, also, like, I feel like a lot of times in marriages and relationships, DV can be happening without us knowing about it. Remember Ellen Greenberg, who, quote unquote, stabbed herself in the back of the head to death. Um, Oh, yeah, that one. No one really knew about the DV that if there was, you know, things going on beforehand, that was kind of random yeah. out, of, out of nowhere as well. So, I mean, I think it's a pretty, pretty plausible theory in essence, but I'm sure, still not sure that there is any evidence that makes it a slam dunk for me. Now they did say that there was absence of water in the bathroom, which I do find interesting because I think if you'd hoiked an entire grown up body out of a bathtub and like sort of dragged it across the bathroom floor to the bedroom, I think that that there would be water. There'd be quite a bit of water on the floor. So, um, and also if he had been holding her head under the water, surely she was splashing about as well, making lots of water. So it kind of goes against both theories if you look at it that way. This and an absence of injuries on him or defence wounds on her as well makes me wonder if he did do this, maybe he knocked her out first. Uh, you know, and then that way there wasn't a struggle or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts about the water everywhere and everything? Yeah, because like if there was, I was going to say he could have cleaned it up, but then there would be like evidence of him cleaning it up. Yeah, there'd be towels and stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, the defence had their own autopsy con- conducted. Of course they did, because obviously the first autopsy was pretty damning. Um, and they actually ended up getting Dr. Werner Spitz and we've talked about him a few times on the podcast, actually. He's like the, uh, the OG of forensic pathologists. He agreed that yes, Sarah had drowned, but instead of a homicide, he ruled her death undetermined. He said that although these injuries were there, he couldn't rule out that they were not caused by extreme CPR. So this, of course, helps the defence somewhat. Sorry, but that just is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. I know. And this is supposed to be the dude of pathology, right? Extreme CPR. Like, like they just walk up to her with, like, baseball bats and start beating. Like, the, like, like that, that token wrestling move where they just fucking go with the He's elbow. Like- Yes, into like, the liver. Oh my gosh! How okay? Yes, yeah, CPR. We know. We know that doing CPR can cause yeah some minor injuries, not lacerated livers. Yeah, and like extreme internal bleeding and bruising and stuff like extreme CPR. My ass. I know. I know. And I mean, they do say when you do first aid courses, you know, you want to break those ribs. You you definitely want to break those ribs. Like unless they're a baby obviously in which case please don't break those ribs um yeah 
Yeah, I know. Do not mean to laugh, but just, just yeah, that's not with the babies. Adults, yeah, go. For yeah, it. yeah, go for it. Babies, for no, it. no. Little feather touches, feather touches. Yeah, right. Well, you know, as you know, recently my my one year old nephew had to have CPR. Yes, and um, like when he came to and he was sort of awake afterwards, like the the doctors were less worried about why he had had his episode and more worried about we need to make sure that he has not had some sort of internal damage from the CPR. Like, yeah. like, cause it was done by daycare staff. They're like, okay, you know, we know that they've been trained, but they're not paramedics. Like let's just oh. check it out, you know? So yeah, I think that with babies, you gotta be careful, but with adults, you can go for it. Like you need, I mean, an adult's rib cage is big and it's hard and to get to a heart, you've got to really give it a good hammering. Yeah. However, that's not your liver. <laughs> like if you're doing CPR in the region of a liver, you're doing it wrong, right? Yeah, you got to go back and redo that CPR training because you yeah. ain't right. You're not doing it right. The only other thing that I can think is that maybe in the process of like getting her out of the bath, he like flopped her her top half over the edge of the bath, and maybe that did it. Like that, you know what I mean? Like if he's kind of hooking her out and he like her over the side of the bath, and it kind of gets her in the guts. Maybe, man, mate. Yeah, maybe. Still a big maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm reaching. I'm sort of trying to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a big maybe. Yeah, without. I mean, if you're beating someone, you have to beat them pretty hard to do that sort of damage as well. So, so yeah, we've got this new autopsy, and of this, of course, helps the defense somewhat. But it doesn't really prove or disprove anything, though. It kind of makes things a little bit more confusing. So the defense pushed heavily on the idea that Sarah had some sort of undiagnosed medical disorder. They got testimony from friends, family, workmates, and they all said that, yeah, she was tired a lot. She would often like go and sleep in her car before work and pop out for a nap on her lunch break. So, okay. Yeah. That's probably not necessarily normal without there being something underlying. Um, Other people would say that, yeah, she'd actually fall asleep at gatherings or in the middle of things as well. So it seemed like she had some sort of chronic fatigue situation going on. And she'd also often get headaches and migraines along with it too. The day that she died, she actually went to the dentist and mentioned that she'd had this headache that she couldn't just couldn't shake as well. So I suppose we're getting a little bit more information now on what her medical status was. What do you think about that? Well, that's definitely something. It's something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, we've got an autopsy and nothing's been brought up. But again, if it's a neurological but how can you gonna... yeah, can you can you find a sleep disorder in someone if they're dead? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just even if she did have something going on like that, unless it made her black out or it or it actually like was like SADS, um, you know, I just can't see falling asleep and drowning without drugs or alcohol in your system, you know, even if you are a sleepy person, I just think you'd wake up. That's sort of my my gut feeling about the whole thing. So something interesting happened during the trial. The case had featured on Dateline and a woman named Jennifer Crew called Ryan while he was in prison. Apparently, according to her, he said that he and Sarah had gotten into a fight that night. Apparently, he was the sort of guy who like loved to partake of things like porn, cheating, smoking, drinking, all which were, let's say, an issue for Sarah, right, in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Apparently she said that she'd had enough that night and she was going to leave him, to which point he got violent with her, punching her in the chest, and then she fell back and hit her head. 
Now he blacks out, apparently, the old blackout. And when he oh, wakes I up, I know, when he wakes up, Sarah's dead on the floor and her hair was wet. So thoughts on that? Um, He said that. Who's this lady that he said this to? Yeah, some woman that befriended him in jail. Why would you say that? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have questions. First of all, like, why would you tell a ra- random stranger this, especially knowing that calls are being recorded, right? It just feels yeah. like a really weird thing to do. And that, and the second thing is, yeah, as I said, prison calls are recorded. So can we hear this call? Like, do we have evidence that this was said? I feel like that's a big deal, right? If he did really say that, then that would have been used against him. <clears throat> Nothing's ever said about the whole calls being recorded and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. To me, that, that would be like a key element of things if that was actually true. Finally, if the conversation did happen, that's a really weird series of events to have happened that night. I mean, she she gets into a fight with him, he pushes her, she hits her head, and he blacks out. Like, that doesn't really track, right? No. That's bizarre. But I think that, you know, we do hear a lot of times people who have done something really horrific They do try and use the old blackout defense. Oh, I don't know what happened. I blacked out. It doesn't mean that you didn't do it, people, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Like at least come up with something a little bit more believable. Yeah, but in their mind it does mean they didn't do it because they were not themselves. It's like a denial thing, yeah. The defense tried to discredit Jennifer, though, and uh, she did actually have a history of drug taking, um, but, you know, it must have resonated with the jury because Ryan was found guilty of murder and he was sentenced to 15 years to life. So, you know, obviously they heard about this in some capacity. So, yeah. so yeah, that's it. Final thoughts. It's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. It's re- oh, I'm really on the fence. Yeah, it's a, mm, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Only one person has come forward to say that there was this, these, dalliances in their marriage yeah well this is it people have come forward and said oh yeah he was doing all this crazy shit and she didn't like it but to me it's all just hearsay like people can make things up as well like maybe you've got someone who just hated ryan and is convinced that he did it so oh i'm just gonna make stuff up and be like yeah yeah yeah, he's seen prostitutes and stuff you know yeah without proof you can't really rely on that i suppose I, I personally can't see someone falling asleep in a bathtub and drowning. I just feel like it's really unlikely. You know, there's issues with him drowning her too, though. I just feel like there would be evidence of her scratching him and, you know, evidence that, like, he would have essentially had to pretty much sit on her um, or, or at least there must have been, like, palm prints or something like that, you know, evidence that he had forced her under the water. And I think that the bathroom floor would have been flooded as well, which I guess that, you know, is something, like you said, that's easy enough to clean up. But there's no wet towels or anything like that. And there's, like, all shampoo and body wash bottles lined up along the side of the the bathtub still. Like, you know, if there was a struggle, you'd think that they would have all been knocked over. So, I don't know, it, it doesn't look like a struggle happened in the bathtub. But at the same time, the lacerated liver is what does it for me, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's weird. 
Well, I'm happy to buy that some injuries were due to first aid. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure that CPR is not meant to rupture a liver. I think the only make, thing that makes sense to me here is that he beat her first and then staged a drowning, finishing her off in the tub. That's pretty much the only thing that kind of makes sense to me. Like yeah. he, he's he's had a fight with her, he's knocked her out, and he's thought, okay, she's unconscious, I'll run her a bath, I'll put her in the bath, it'll look like she's drowned. People yeah. won't ask questions, you know. Like that's pretty much the only thing that makes sense to me. I yeah. don't know, what do you reckon? I'm just really on the fence. Just the injuries. If there were no injuries, I'd be more to inclined to be a bit more on the fence. Uh, there's just nothing there that makes me think he did it, though. That's the big thing. Yeah, I know. Everything that we know about their relationship beforehand. Yeah. We don't know much about their relationship, but the little we do know, it doesn't sound like there was any reason. So that's what mm. makes me sort of sit on the fence there. The injuries do not make sense, but I just don't know. Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, I think if I had to put money on it, I think that he probably killed her, but he didn't do it in the bath. I think he probably beat her first. Um, but he's in jail, so I suppose if that's the case, then he's where he's meant to be. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, let us everyone let us know what you think. Do you think that Sarah was murdered or if she just had some sort of weird medical condition and she actually did fall asleep in the tub that night? Mm. come see us let us know what you think and uh we'll see you guys all next time bye bye